welcome to Slapshot Podcast, episode number 41. I'm your host, Chris Pomerez. Thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out. Welcome in. Welcome in. Happy first week of the NHL season. That's right. We got a whole week in the books, and it's been a wild one, to say the least. If you've been following along just as a fan, you know this as well. If you're playing season-long fantasy hockey or maybe daily fantasy hockey, you know that this first week of hockey... That's kind of been all over the place. It has been everywhere. It's been something. We've seen a lot of surprises. We've seen a lot of things that we knew was going to happen. And yeah, I'm just, I mean, look, it's here. It's back. There's a lot of things that we need to talk about here, but we're going to focus on one thing today because there's just too much, right? There's a lot of things I decided we could have talked about, right? We could have talked about the fact that Connor McDavid isn't human, right? He's going to go on and probably get 150 points in the regular season, and everybody's going to bat an eye and, you know, say it's normal. We could talk about, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights suffering a ton of injuries, right? Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone out here early, not good. We could talk about maybe the Buffalo Sabres actually at this exact time being an undefeated hockey team, right? Remember the team that couldn't, could barely roster an NHL lineup? Well, they're undefeated. Better part, their goaltending has actually been pretty good through three games during the year. We could talk about all that stuff, and we would probably have nine million hours of conversation to have. Instead, I decided to focus my attention today on the Montreal Canadiens. No shock as to why. Um, To say that they are off to a bad start is a little bit of an understatement here. It has been probably, it's been really tough being a Habs fan, you know. Uh, from them losing to the Carolina Hurricanes, right, to obviously Jesperi Kakanyemi scoring a goal, to Carolina Hurricanes Twitter absolutely roasting Habs fans, or maybe it's losing to the Buffalo Sabres. Maybe it's the fact that they only have four goals in five games. There's a lot of things here to uncover, and we're going to try to break down the why. Why is this team so bad to start the year? Right, because like we knew that it was going to be like the the Montreal Canadiens went to the Stanley Cup final last year. That was not the team we were expecting this season, or at least we expected some growing pains. Maybe uh, these are not growing pains. This is a team right out of the gate falling flat on their face, uh, and they don't look like they're able to recover right now. They cannot do anything correctly as of this exact moment, as of Friday. Okay. They have scored four goals in five games, okay, which is the lowest goal total in the league, okay, even for a team that's played only two games, like the Boston Bruins. The Boston still has more goals uh, than the Montreal Canadiens. They have also given up 19 goals. Again, there are some teams that haven't gotten to that there. Only the Arizona Coyotes and Chicago Blackhawks have given up more. Um, so that's a problem as well. They have the worst goal differential in the NHL as well at a minus 15. Um, that's also not good as well. If you want to add just a ton of insult to injury, really, Montreal Canadiens power play, obviously off to a god-awful start as well at 5.3%. They've scored one power play goal, okay? If your power play is not good, you're thinking, well, Chris, maybe the penalty kill is even better. Uh, No, they're not. Uh, They are 30th in the NHL. Actually, they're tied with the Winnipeg Jets at 55.6%, which is not good. Only the Arizona Coyotes are worse. And again, the Arizona Coyotes are barely a hockey team. My apologies to the six of you who are fans. So, again, lots of things here to unpack. Let's start with 
the goaltending position, okay? Because I think that's where people think there's a problem, and there's actually not. That's not the problem here in Montreal. So let's get that one right off the way. You lose Carey Price, and that is a tough thing to handle, okay? You lose a world-class goalie. Remember when everybody was okay with letting him go, right? In the Vegas expansion draft saying, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Let him walk. And people thought we were going to use that money for Jack Eichel, right? <laughs> what a time that was, right? You said Jake Allen's going to be fine. Jake Allen actually is going to be fine, by the way, okay? I know the stats don't look good, okay? He's got an 891 save percentage, 307 goals against average. He's not getting any support from his team in front of him, okay? So he's not. Is Sam Montembeau a NHL goalie? Probably not. He's probably an AHLer. There's no reason to bring up Caden Primo and subject him to this abuse, right? Leave him in Laval. Let him play. Let him, you know, develop. Let him do all the fun stuff he needs to do, okay? Don't bring him to the NHL so he can do what? Sit behind Jake Allen? He's also not going to be a savior. So, again, no reason to expose him to anything. Jake Allen is not the problem, okay? Jake Allen's going to be fine. Numbers don't look good. But if you're not watching the games, then you're not seeing the problem. And that's fine. That's okay. I understand. Not everybody has the time. I get to watch a bunch of it. So, Jake Allen's not the problem. Here's where a lot of this problem, right, where some of these problems come in, okay? And it's the Montreal Canadiens' defense. Now, you can say what you want about Shea Weber, but Shea Weber's presence, the way he plays, even at the advanced age that he was, right, is a lot better than whatever the Montreal Canadiens have going on the ice. And if you thought David Savard was Shea Weber, well... Welcome to reality. He's not. I know. Shocked to absolutely nobody except people who are confused, right? David Savard is not Shea Weber, and we're starting to get a really good look at that, right? The Montreal Canadiens have very little on defense, and if it doesn't work, then it's a big problem, okay? Let's start with let's start with Jeff Petrie, okay? Jeff Petrie has exactly zero points this season. Well, that's a problem, okay? As a matter of fact, right, Montreal Canadiens have four goals, okay? One of them is Chris Weidman, who we've given Weidman a lot of slack here, right? We, we've kind of criticized him, right? The guy didn't play in the NHL last season. Why are we signing Chris Weidman, right? He's a power play guy. Okay, well, the power play is not working. But Chris Weidman hasn't been terrible. He hasn't been bad. He's been okay. But he hasn't been, you know, hasn't been bad. And that's all you can expect from Chris Weidman, right? He's taking shots on goal. He's doing what he needs to do. Fine. But Jeff Petrie is the wild card here because you went out and you did everything that you did last season. You racked up a whole bunch of points. You're 33. You got a nice contract in your back pocket and everything. And we need a little bit more from you, Jeff. We need something. And it's not there right now. It's not there. And the rest of that defense falls apart when Jeff Petrie starts to not work, okay? David Savard has done nothing as well. Ben Sherratt looks like Ben Sherratt, right? Like Shea Weber protected Ben Sherratt. And now we're watching Sherratt get exposed every single time he steps onto the ice, okay? I can live with that with Romanov, right? I can live with that. He's a kid, okay? He's a kid. He's playing one of these, probably the second toughest position in the NHL. He's 21 as well. Outside of goaltending, the defense is probably the, you know, positioning's important and everything. I'm not expecting much. And we were, the Montreal Canadiens were able to shelter him last season for large periods of time. We remember the playoffs when he was basically a healthy scratch. He wasn't playing. He was paired with Kulak, and they were afraid to put him on the ice. And there are times when you watch Romanov go out there, and it looks like a challenge, right? And again, by design, 
That's going to happen sometimes when you have players playing out of their seat. And Romanov is one of those players. Grant you, he leads all Montreal Canadiens defensemen in shots. Okay, He's got nine. He's also playing a decent amount of ice. He's playing 17 minutes. Now, Chris Weidman, Brett Kulak don't see a lot of ice time. So by default, Alexander Romanov steps up into your top four, which is what you expected him to be able to do. It's been a challenge. Okay, Couple that with Ben Sherratt being garbage and David Savard just being present. Your Montreal Canadiens defense is really bad, and it shows every single time they play. Every single time. They hit the ice, they get outworked. Every time. The defense can't move the puck up, right? Jeff Petrie is the only defenseman who can move the puck. It's not working. Habs power play isn't working? Of course, because they're trying to get the Shea Weber bomb. Jeff Petrie doesn't have a bomb, right? And instead of the Montreal Canadiens trying to look for different ways to utilize the players that they have, they're just set on getting it back to the point, blasting a shot, and hoping something happens, and we know that's not the case. That's not how this works anymore. You need to facilitate the puck, and it's not happening. So that's why the power play is garbage. The penalty kill is what it is, okay? It's struggling. Why? Because defensively you're not good, and you get exposed. When you have the five best players, usually, on the ice, in a position to score a goal, you're going to score a goal a lot of times. Power plays are meant to be effective. You put your best players on the ice and you send out players who got to play different roles. And Montreal's defense, we know for a long time, has been their problem. And Bergevin has no real urgency to fix that. And honestly, he probably can't because this is what he's gone out and built. Bergevin is from the school of these big, rugged defensemen, right? We know that. He played the defense position. It's no shock that Montreal has a bunch of defensemen who don't really move that well, right? Ben Sherrod is one of them. David Savard, by the way, one of them. I'll throw Chris Weidman into that. I'll throw Brett Kulak into that as well. Alexei Romanov has the potential to move the puck. Jeff Petrie can move the puck. But we don't have any of these elegant puck-moving defensemen. You know the P.K. Subans of the world in their prime? Remember that we got rid of? Well, now we don't have any of those. We don't have skilled puck-moving defensemen that a lot of other teams have. And they have multiple ones, right? This exists elsewhere. The Montreal Canadiens don't have any of those. And teams that don't have puck-moving defensemen have a hard time transitioning. And when you're the Montreal Canadiens, you're built on transition because you're not built on anything else, right? You're not playing the trap. You're not slowing it down. You're not playing rough and tough in the corners, right? Even though you have a team that's pretty big, they don't really play big right now. They play quite small. So Montreal Canadiens' defense, clearly the problem. Now we move to the forward spot, and this is where it gets even worse. Okay, it's where it gets absolutely just mind-boggling that they can be this bad. Okay, it's nice to see Jonathan Drouin is off to a pretty good start, right? Considering everything that happened with Joe, to see him come back and play at this level that he's at is refreshing. Outside of him, all the rest of the lineup has been garbage, right? And not even garbage, but a flaming pile of dumpster poop, and that is a serious issue. For this team. Serious issue. Because you have a ton of players, by the way, playing a ton of ice time. And you're not getting anything from them. And when I say you're not getting anything, you're not getting production. There's no reason you should have four goals in five games. Not with this lineup. And those players that came in last season who were doing things, they're not anymore. And I'm going to reference Tyler Toffoli and Josh Anderson. Are they putting in the effort? 
Yeah, I mean, Josh Anderson's, you see him on the ice. He's got 11 shots in five games, playing 18 minutes as well. It's still, you know, the points are not there. All right, Tyler Toffoli, he scored a goal on the power play. Good for him. He's got one goal in five games, not enough. He's shooting the puck. He's got 16 shots on goal, which is what you like to see. He's playing just shy of 17 minutes. Lots of good things there. One goal doesn't cut it. Minus seven is the issue to me. I know it's a plus-minus stat. I know I've said disregard it many times. But he is, he started playing with Suzuki Caulfield, and that didn't work out. And now he's playing with Caulfield, and according to lineups that you look at, he's centered between Matthew Perot, which is, we'll get to that later. But just hold that thought for a moment, okay? You have players who can score goals, because you brought in Mike Hoffman to add to that. Brendan Gallagher can do that. Drew when healthy is doing it. Josh Anderson's the big body you want. Tyler Toffoli and Cole Caulfield can shoot the puck. So there's no excuse for this team to say, well, we don't have players who can score goals. And Mike Hoffman, Josh Anderson, Tyler Toffoli, they're not small players. They're pe- they're players who can impose their will. Same thing with, I'll even throw, you know, Yoel Armia in there. I know we're not expecting much out of him, but he's played five games. He's got 13 shots on goal. He's only playing 13 minutes a night. So he's done some stuff that's pretty good. And look, discredit the fourth line completely if you want. doesn't matter. But they're not hurting you. Cedric Paquette is not hurting you. Matthew Perot is not hurting you. You're not going to get much from them, but you're not expecting much from them either. right? You went out, you claimed Adam Brooks off waivers, you let him play one game, and that was it. Didn't even, didn't work. On a winger perspective, the Montreal Canadiens have done nothing. The players who are paid to score goals are not scoring goals. And this leads to your second problem, down the middle, Okay. Remember down the middle, I'm not saying the Montreal Canadiens should have signed Philip Deneau because we know they shouldn't have. Not at that money, not at that term, okay? But you did go out and you brought in Christian Dvorak. So Dvorak is out here to replace somebody. Your thought process was Christian Dvorak can replace Jesperi Kotkaniemi, okay? At least in my head, that's how it works. And Jake Evans can then, you know, replace Philip Deneau. That's basically in my mind what you're doing. Right, Because you don't let two of your three center walk unless you feel like you have the replacements for them. And don't forget, you gave up a conditional first-round pick to Arizona so you can get Dvorak. So when you give up something, you need something in return. I like that people think Dvorak is a good player. I'm gonna. We know it's been a tough one. He's got one assist here. Here's the problem. He's played five games. He's got seven shots on goal. That's not enough production for my centerman. That's not enough. 55% of the face-off circle, I can live with that. But he's playing close to 20 minutes a night. He is the forward who plays the most ice time. It's him. No other forward skates as much as he does five on, uh, in total per game. None. He is playing a full minute more than the next player behind him, who is Nick Suzuki. We're going to get to him as well. Keep him in the background, okay? If you're going to play that much, and I know he plays, you know, the penalty kill as well. He does a whole bunch of things. If you're going to play almost 20 minutes a night, you need to produce. You need to find something that works. And right now, he's found nothing. And look, he's not skating with garbage, right? He's skating with Drouin, the best winger on the team right now. He's skating with Josh Anderson, big body who can get to the net. There's no excuse for him to be in the position that he's in right now, which is... Nothing. He's doing nothing. He's not doing anything. He's static. On most nights, you don't really see him out there. That's a problem. You should be seeing Christian Navarre. You should be seeing Nick Suzuki as well. 
Suzuki and Caulfield are young players. It's a lot of pressure on those two kids right now to do something. Specifically Suzuki, because you've pigged him as kind of the replacement to Philip Deneau with a lot of upside. And that, I still believe, is true. Nick Suzuki can be a top centerman in the NHL. He could maybe be a poor man's version of Patrice Bergeron or even Anze Kopitar, and I'd still take that. But he's playing 18 minutes a night. He's got one assist. He's got seven shots. Not enough from Nick. He's got a ton of skill. We know that. He's not doing enough. He's 45% of the face-off circle as well. Not good from your top center, right? You're not winning enough face-offs. You're not doing enough of what you need to do. And the same thing for Cole Caulfield. Caulfield's got 13 shots, so he's doing what he needs to do. Shoot the puck, you'll be fine. He's got no points. He's got no points. And these are players that you count on to produce. They need to. They have no choice. The whole setup of your team is behind these two kids. And look, they're going to be fine, by the way. Cole Caulfield, this is his rookie season. A lot went in. People thought Cole Caulfield could be a runaway for rookie of the year. That's a bad start, right? And we touted Nick Suzuki as maybe the player who could get over 60-some-odd points. Bad start as well. There's a lot of pressure here for these two. And so far, the veterans around are not making this easy. They're not making it easy because nothing is getting done. Nobody is producing, and that's an issue. And remember when I said Jake Evans? Let's talk about him. Because now Jake Evans is no longer the guy who's in and out of the lineup on the fourth line who you kind of say, hey, whatever you get is what you get, okay? If he's a third-line center, because let's face it, Matthew Perot is not, okay? My apologies to you, but that's not what you bring him in to do. You don't bring in Matthew Perot or Cedric Paquette and expect things to happen. They're just there. They're going to fill out the, lo- the, the roster. They're guys who may be in and out of the lineup. Jake Evans has his third-line role, okay? So if you're skating on the third line with whatever combination you want right now, whatever combination— whether it's Toffoli and Caulfield, Gallagher and Hoffman, whatever you want, you need to produce. You can't you can't be a successful NHL team if your third line does nothing. How many playoff teams have successful third lines? All of them. All of them. The Montreal Canadiens, when they went to that run last season, it wasn't their fourth line. It, sorry, it wasn't their third line. Their fourth line was big, right? Perry, Stahl, Armia. Remember how they dominated in the first round? And then they kept that pace up against the Jets as well? Well, now you don't have those players there, right? And your fourth line is just there. You're not. I'm not expecting much. What we got last year from, again, from Perry, Stahl, and Armia was nice. But it's not expected, okay? I want my third line to produce. I need Jake Evans to do something. You're no longer again. You're if if you want to be if you want to tout him as something, if you want to say, hey, we think Jake Evans can do something. Great, you got to come in and win key faceoffs. You got to kill penalties like you do, and you have to produce. That's what he has to do. He's a cheap man's version of Philip Deneau, right? And we criticize Deneau a lot, myself included. But he was able to get you those points. We didn't think he could score goals, but points. But he did one thing right. Nobody can take away what he was doing in the faceoff circle. Nobody can take it away from him. At 50% for Jake Evans is kind of just the norm in the NHL, right? It's just the norm. But you got to be above that. You got to be winning faceoffs so you can start with the puck. 
And the Montreal Canadiens are not doing enough of that. And look, maybe that's not for Jake Evans. Maybe you bring in Adam Brooks and you try to find a spot for him. He's played one game so far. Maybe you give him a center spot. I know Jake Evans is not it. Your center core is weak. And it's starting to look weak. And your whole top nine should be doing better. And they're not. They're not doing a good job. They're below average. And this is the result that you're getting. Think about it. In the offseason, you lost your best faceoff man. You lost your best defenseman. And right now, you're without your best goalie. And this is the result that you get. You get a team that is dead last in the Atlantic division, a division that should be, I mean, really hard to scrape at here. And I know Buffalo, like we said, Detroit, Ottawa, they've had some success to start the year. That's not going to last, right? Like Detroit's not going to be a playoff team. Buffalo's not going to be a play. Like there's going to be some regression here, okay? Look, Tampa Bay Lightning off to a you know struggling start to the year. Buffalo, Boston's only played two games, so we're not even going to rank them yet. They got two games in hands on, you know, Detroit, one on Buffalo. They can easily be, you know, top four team then. Florida is Florida. So there's going to be some regression there. The Montreal Canadiens now are just dead last, and they don't look good. They don't. Even if you want to say, yeah, but they played better in game five. Yeah, they still lost. This isn't a participation trophy, okay? This is not like your five-year-old son, you know, running around. You say, good job, Jimmy. Yeah, good. If this was the East Coast Hockey League, good. Yeah, yeah, they got better. Players develop, blah, 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 blah. This is the NHL. Produce. That's all we care about. Produce. You have to produce. This isn't a participation trophy where, you you know, we're building, we're doing it. These games at the beginning of the season are key. Because think about it, the Montreal Canadiens missed the playoffs by two points. Think of all these games that they didn't show up for at the beginning of the year. They didn't show up against Boss, uh, sorry, against Buffalo game two. Buffalo ran them out of their house. They dominated them from start to finish. San Jose walked into Montreal, dominated start to finish. You can't be dominated by teams that are supposed to be below tier, right? Like good for San Jose. They're off to a good start, okay? Good for them. They're going to pace out, okay? San Jose is another one of those teams that are just overachieving right now, okay? They're just doing well. Good. Good for them. I'm happy. They're going to pa- they're, they're balance out here, okay? San Jose is not going to be this team that can score goals and, by the way, keep the puck out of their net. But the Montreal Canadiens make it look easy. They made Dell look like a superstar. And he's probably a career backup, sometimes probably in the AHL. Montreal Canadiens make everything look easy. And they don't give up a ton of shots either. They're not taking enough. That's a problem. The Montreal Canadiens are not a hard team to play against right now. Everything just doesn't look good. There's no puck movement. Move the puck. Do the. You know how we talk about things being simple? Well, you got to do the simple stuff, which means you got to get to the net. And right now, they're not doing that. If I'm struggling, I'm throwing everything at the net. Everything. If I'm on the power play, I'm moving the puck around. It's You see a lot of teams, when they defend against Montreal down a man, what do they do? Pressure. Pressure, 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 pressure. Basically what the Toronto Maple Leafs do. They pressure the puck carrier into forcing them to make a mistake. Montreal will make it. 
Montreal's looking to get that shot from the point. Get a big body in front of the net. That's why you pay Josh Anderson to be there. Put Josh Anderson in front of the net. Put Cole Caulfield in the bumper spot. and Let's go. Put my best shooter on the ice. That's it. Get Drouin on the half wall. Let's go. Facilitate the puck around. And then move. I don't know. You can put Suzuki on the other side. It's not happening right now. It's not happening. You brought in Mike Hoffman to do something. You know, Tyler Toffoli needs to do it. It's not. The top unit is crash. It's it's absolute trash. Toffoli, Dvorak, Hoffman, Drouin, Petrie. With the exception of Drouin, the rest of those players not doing anything. Brendan Gallagher hasn't looked good. He's looked frustrated. He got a goal turned back yesterday. It's kind of how it's going. He's breaking sticks over racks. Yeah, he's pissed. Of course he is. He's working hard, though. You can't take that away from Gallagher. But again, this is a results-driven league. He's playing under 15 minutes a game average. So his ice time has gone down. But he still needs to do what makes him successful. Right? Get to the net. Cause some havoc. You want to put Brendan Gallagher on the top power play and put him right in front of the net. Right? I mean, you can't tell me that much Hawkins power play is not successful because Corey Perry's not around, right? Like, is that not it? <laughs> There's lots of ways here to make this work. But right now, this team is not competing. They're not, And look, let's get... Whether you believe Dominic Ducharme should have got a contract extension or not is neither here nor there. I think a lot of people know that he probably didn't deserve it. Right? He's no better on paper than Claude Julian was. But, hey, with a, you know, Carey Price basically got him a contract. So, now he's got it. And now... We have to deal with it. The Montreal Canadiens, here's the thing, though. This No team has a higher cap hit than the Montreal Canadiens right now. So the Montreal Canadiens have spend the most amount of money to be dead last in the NHL. That's a problem, right? That's a problem. And it's not going to get better, by the way. Right? Paul Byron's not going to come back and fix this. Right? Carey Price coming back to the lineup isn't going to make it better. This team has some serious flaws up front that they are just not getting anything done with. And defensively, I mean, shit. Like, where where do we start with them? What are you going to do? Go out and acquire a puck-moving defenseman? You're not going to fire Ducharme. I mean, you just gave him a contract. You're going to do what? Fire? Let's say the Montreal Canadiens lose five more in a row. 0-10 to start a year. You're going to fire him? And what? You're going to pay him for three more years? You gave him a whole bunch of money to coach 10 games? I think this is more on Bergevin's stress of having to get this done. He doesn't have a contract extension. They didn't extend his contract over the summer, which I thought was interesting. Right? You took your team to the Stanley Cup Finals. You didn't get a contract extension. And now your team starts 0-5. You don't want to panic. Fine. But you're, he's the only one who's going to find himself out of a job at the end of the year. And he's been here a long time. Remember that, right? He looks a little banged up now because, yeah, you've been the GM of the Montreal Canadiens. And he's done a lot of good things. He's done some not-so-great things. But he's done a lot of good things as well. But this team is flawed from the back end up. With the exception of the goaltending position, I don't think that's a flaw. Their defense looks bad. It looks terrible. And you don't have an easy fix to that. You really don't. There is no easy fix to the Montreal Canadiens' blue line. There's not. You brought in Sammy Niku. Maybe he takes Chris Weidman's spot on the power play. Who cares? Can he move the puck? 
Who knows? Ben Sherrod's in his last year of his deal. You're going to see a lot of these players, should you come time to, you know, need to sell, because that's evidently that that's what might happen here. Montreal may become sellers at the deadline. And then you're going to start, I mean, you're going to move the bottom pack, right? The Matthew Perot's and the Pockets who signed the one-year deals. You move them. Right, Suzuki's in the last year of his rookie deal. Next year, a $7.8 million contract takes over. Jake Evans makes a lot of money next year. Who knows if they give a contract to Adam Brooks. They basically picked him off waivers, and they've done nothing with him. Ben Chirot's going to be a UFA. You probably you should probably let that walk, right? Let's, let's be honest. Uh, Brett Kulak as well, 27. Who knows if they give him some money. Romanoff needs a deal. It's probably not going to cost much. Chris Weidman probably doesn't come back. You trade him as well. The Montreal Canadiens just don't have enough. The loss of Joel Edmondson has been huge here. And, I mean, this is a player I didn't understand why coming over would make a big difference. I think with the loss of Weber, makes an even bigger difference. It really does. I think he stabilizes the defense. I really do. I really think he can stabilize the defense. I think he he plays with Petrie. That's where they have the most success. Right, I think Jeff Petrie needs somebody to play with him. He needs somebody to balance him out. It's not Brett Kulak, okay? It's not Kulak. It's Joel Edmondson. He's the one who balances out. And then you can move Kulak back into the position with Romanoff and Ham, and you play those two together, right? You limit their ice time. It is what it is, right? I think Romanoff deserves to be in the lineup, 100%. And if not, if you sit him, fine. You bring Weidman in. Weidman can play the power play, right? He's the Shane, Chris Weidman's the Shane, kind of the Shane Gossespierre, right? The power play specialist. Or the Eric Gustafson that they traded for last year, but better than that, right? The power play guy who's not going to play much, but does one thing when you could literally have somebody else do it for him. And then you put Ben Sherratt and David Savard together, and you say, hey, figure it out. That's the line that's going to play against your opposing team's top best players. You gave David Savard money. Now let's see if he can earn it. You didn't pay him a ton. I understand that. But if you're a dead set sitting there looking at me saying, no, David Savard is going to be able to replace Shea Weber. All right, go. I don't think he can, but that's what you went out and got. That's the player you signed thinking he can replace. And you can't say, well, we don't think he, you know, it takes a group effort. No, 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 no. This isn't a group effort. This is. We need players to step up and play. You need a line to shut down your opposing team's best players. It can't be Edmondson and Petrie because I want those players on the ice to move the puck up. And, I mean, it's not Kulak and Romanoff or Weidman, right? We're not exposing them. So, by default, it's Ben Sherratt and David Savard. And they just, both of them haven't looked good. They haven't looked good at all. Not at all. And you Montreal Canadiens have no money. And remember in the offseason, we were sitting there going, oh, uh, you know, we'll be able to get this done. Don't worry about it. Ryan Paling's going to step up. Ryan Paling's in the AHL. All right, remember? Ryan Paling's in the NHL. That didn't work. I don't know who is out here thinking that would work, but it's not. You sent Caden Gooley back to junior, so he's not coming up. Right? Xavier Willett's not the savior here, right? There's nobody else. The goaltending situation, again, it's not it. There's nothing in the system that's coming up that's going to say, hey, 
that's going to make this team better. Okay? There's not much. You have no real depth at center that's going to make this team better. You need the wingers around these centermen to start doing something. You need to find that top nine needs to find itself and find itself quick. Or this season's going to get out of hand before it even starts. Because Montreal Canadiens are not in a good spot. They're not. These games at the beginning of the year are key to winning. This is how you make the playoffs. Win games early, even if you stumble, right, down the road, it's fine. Winning games in October are a lot easier than winning games in April. And everybody knows this. This isn't like a shock to anybody, right? This isn't a shock. It does, I mean, look, for, they, they, as of the time, this is Friday, okay? I'm recording this on Friday, okay? Saturday, they play Detroit. There's a game you could probably try to get. Then you go on a four-game West Coast swing to start the year, okay? You got Seattle on Tuesday, San Jose again on Thursday, LA on Saturday, Anaheim Sunday. Those are your next games after the ones in Detroit. Seattle is what it is. You just got spanked by San Jose. Okay. LA is actually a good hockey team. It's been a struggle for them to start. I mean, the Anaheim Ducks. That's all I'm going to say about them. Who knows? But traditionally, Montreal has not done well out west, right? We know this. They haven't done well out west. And now, well, well, they're going out west. <laughs> and that's not good. So let's say you out of those five games, you lose four out of five. You're in a tough spot here. You're one and nine to start. You're one and nine out of October. That's not good. And the schedule is only going to get, you know, you're only going to start facing better teams. It's not going to be easier. The Montreal Canadiens are in a tough spot. There's no help coming for them. Okay. Let's just, I mean, the comments by Mark Bergevin basically state that Shea Weber's never going to play hockey again. So you can't expect him to come back. No, this isn't the Nikita Kucherov shows up in the in the playoffs kind of thing, okay? The man can probably can barely walk at this point. His knees and feet are just, you know, kind of struggling here. And that's fine. He's got a lot of miles on his body. We knew this when he came over in the trade. We knew this. Well, now it's here. We don't know when Carey Price is coming back. We don't know. And to be honest... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let him get the help that he needs. You have, again, Jake Allen has proven that he can be the guy because he was for long stretches last season. He was really, really good when Carey Price struggled. That's why you brought him in. He's not performing that well, but I still think he can balance out. He's got time. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about Jake Allen. That's not the player I'm worried about. I'm not worried about him. I think he can come back and definitely help this team, but he needs some help, man. He needs somebody around him to start helping him. He needs that defense to be a lot better than they are. And he needs the forwards to start contributing because four goals ain't going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. This team is not scoring in front of him. So something's got to be done. Something's got to be fixed. The center group has this. It needs to get better. Or else, again, what's going to happen? You're just going to start selling players. That's it. Start moving deals that you can move. You can't go out and get anybody. You don't have any money. 
You have no money. You spent it all. The cap, the, 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 they have zero cap space as of today. Zero. Not a dollar. Not one dollar to spend. And we know Bergevin's not in the business of moving picks. You already liquidated one pick. So, are you going to get a first-round pick for any of those players that you're, you know, veteran players on a one-year deal? No. You're going to collect those late-round picks that you already got a bunch of, those third- and fourth-rounders. Or maybe the seventh round next year, whatever, the throw-in pick. You're not going to get more. Okay? You're not going to get more. So this is an issue where the players in the room have to figure it out. They have to figure it out. They have to turn this around. They just have to start playing better. I mean, straight up. If you really think that this team can compete, they got to go out and do it. Because right now, they're getting outworked every single game. And they're not even getting outworked by good teams. Like, what is this going to look like when they play a real hockey team? What happens when Florida's in town who are undefeated, right? Or Tampa when they start figuring out how to play hockey? Because, again, it's been tough for Tampa, but it's fine. They're scoring goals. They're just giving up too many. What happens when they run into Boston? What happens when they run into all these teams who are supposed to be good, right? They ran into one good team, I think, the Rangers, they ran into one good team. One good, I mean, Toronto's a good team, right? Let's not get that wrong. Toronto's a good team. Toronto's off to a slow start. Wait till Toronto starts to pick it up. They did. They played Toronto opening night. Austin Matthews wasn't in the lineup. That's a big piece to be missing. They basically played the New York Rangers. They lost. They didn't score, so that's a problem, right? But what happens when they start playing some real hockey teams? What are we going to do? How are you going to cope? What's going on? The future does not look bright right now. If you're a Habs fan, man, I mean, I'm crying. <laughs> I'm crying. When I watch the Carolina Hurricanes troll the Montreal Canadiens with a website, I'm like, man, it's a tough day to be a fan. But it's true. There's nothing you can do right now. There's nothing you can do for this team. It's not a coaching change. You're not going to go out and get a player because you don't you don't have room and you're not you don't have any assets really. So you need something from the inside to come. You need so you need a mix. And look, if that means you start sitting some players, sit them. Sit whoever you need to sit. Sit whoever is down to sit who's not giving you what you need. If I'm Dominic Ducharme, man, do it. Do it. Do whatever needs to be done. Mix it up, man. Put all the players in a blender and start blending. Find something that works, man. Find whatever it is. You need your veterans to show up. You need them to show up in a big way. Because right now it's not working. It's not working. You need players to produce. You need your top players, right? Remember the Tyler Toffoli's who came in and the Josh Andersons, how good they were last season? That was a big part of their success. And they're still good players, right? They've only aged one year. So they're still good. And they're playing a lot. The players who are on the ice a lot are not doing enough. That has to change. It has to change. Something's got to be done. I'm not comfortable with looking at Brendan Gallagher playing 14 minutes a night. 
He's on the same pace as Jake Evans. Are we saying Gallagher and Evans deserve the same amount of ice time? What? Like, are we confused? Gallagher's got his work boots on. Get him out there. The players you are expecting to step up have not. And the players who should be doing something are also not. And those players can, by the way, be the same, right? You expected Suzuki to step up, produce. It's not happening right now. Same thing for Caulfield. And again, that's a lot of pressure for kids. These are kids. Cole Caulfield is playing in Wisconsin a year ago. Comes over to the Munchau Canadians. We're expecting him to score 40 goals. Absolutely dominate. Run away with rookie of the year. It's not happening. It's not happening. We looked at Nick Suzuki as the same thing. Player is going to absolutely torment the league. Doesn't hasn't happened yet. It's not there yet. That has to change. It has to get better, and it has to start as soon as possible. Or you know, this season is done, and October is out, and not not even done. Because I mean, you're not going to go. You need to like if this October continues how it is, you need to go into November and have an absolute perfect month. <laughs> Or a high win percentage. You need to be winning 75% of your games in order to re just to catch up to what you should be if this downward spiral doesn't change. And it may not, because it's not getting easier. Schedule's not getting easier as they leave. I don't think Seattle's an easy fight. I don't think San Jose's an easy game. I don't think playing LA is easy or the Anaheim Ducks. Those are not easy games. Detroit's doing pretty well. So I don't think these are easy games coming up. Can they compete? Yes. And they need to compete. They need to look like a hockey team that cares. Because right now, none of them care. None of them. None of them. With the exception of Jake Allen and Drew Wayne and Gallagher breaking sticks. Everybody else just seems to be floating around there doing nothing. Something needs to change. When it happens, who knows, but something has needs to happen from now. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is today's episode. As always, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I appreciate you all. I love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't followed the podcast on Twitter, do so at Slapshot Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at FuzzyChris91. Make sure you sub to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. It's on the YouTube at FuzzyChris91. Head over there, sub to the YouTube channel, hit the bell notification so you you get notified when new content goes up. Go ahead and do all that fun stuff, okay? Thanks for hanging out with me. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to each other again soon.